Welcome back to Rune Walking in Modern Times. I'm Ken Runewalker. This episode, we are going to be meeting Jared. Jared is also a rune worker in Modern Times. This episode will be the first in a series of interviews that I do with other rune workers or people of the Northern traditions, pre Christian Europe. Jared and I met back in 2019 when he started listening to my podcast, which I had forgotten about until we discussed it, which you'll hear about in just a few minutes. I like Jared. I respect Jared. I think Jared is not only a cool guy, great beer, uh, great beer maker, brewmaster, uh, a good chef, uh, excellent with the runes, um, good all-around person. So I was very excited to have him as one of my first guests on the show. If you're looking to know or learn more about Jared, first of all, listen to this episode and the next one because it's a two-parter. And you can also go to rowanwolfrunecraft.com where you can find opportunities to book a reading or to do a subscription to his website where he offers uh, monthly collective rune castings, uh, meditations, rune and animal spirit guides uh, via Zoom. That's a reading. So there are a lot of things that uh, you can learn from our discussion. In this episode, Jared and I, first of all, talk about how long we've known each other. And then we dive into... His origin story, which I think is a brilliant origin story, probably one that a lot of people share as they've been exposed to the runes at different parts and stages in their life. Mine was not until, you know, in my mid-30s. So uh, this is a great story. It's a great interview. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, Jared, Rowan Wolf, Runecraft. I am here with this gentleman that I haven't spoken to in a very long time. I would like you all to meet Jared of Rowan Wolf Runecraft. Welcome. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on and you know getting to getting to catch up. You know, it's what we spent good 20, 30 minutes just kind of catching up here. You're actually my first interview. Well, I guess that's not entirely true because um, my first interview for the podcast was kind of back in night, well, 2019, I guess, with Ingrid when she and I were in Ireland together. So, um, yeah, but now you're my first interview when it comes to this new series and how we're doing it with the interviews. All right, folks, so how this is going to work is I'm going to rapid fire Jared. Three questions that, um, bless his heart, he has not been prepared for. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, you ready? All right, let's do it. What's your favorite food? Oh, did you just ask a chef what his favorite food was? Yes, I did. Um, ice cream. And I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't really even enjoy it. I still enjoy it, I just can't. I can't live with it at too long afterwards. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of feel like in that situation, it's not like you can just put it in your mouth and spit it out. It's just not the same. No, and I, and I will get the you know three scoops in the waffle cone 
or a waffle cone bowl or whatever instead of the vegan better for me. <laughs> I fucking love waffle cones. I used to work for TCBY and um, God, those were like the best fucking thing ever. Just the smell. The smell alone just takes you where you need to be. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite booze? Um, God. Well, uh, it was beer. And uh, it, still, it still is, but I've recently stopped drinking, so <laughs> it's a little challenging anymore. Um, yeah, I, as a professional brewer now, um, beer is and still will remain a passion regardless of my, my personal habits. <laughs> Question number three. Where is your favorite place on the planet that you visited so far? Bryce Canyon, Utah. I love Bryce Canyon. I love Southern Utah. It's uh, such a beautiful, magical place. So when I was at 12, maybe-ish, yeah, so a lot happened when I was 12. We'll, we'll get into that, I guess. Um, my grandparents took me on a tour of the Canyonlands. And so we, we did Zion, we did Bryce, we did Grand, Chaco, and Bryce just really spoke to me. I just, I would get up before anybody else, go to the side of the, the canyon and just stand there and watch the sunrise and watch the sunset and just the way that it played off of the hoodoos and the colors, the, the majesty of everything was just breathtaking. And I felt very, very connected to it. And for not having any ancestry in that part of the world now, um, it's interesting that it calls so hard to me. And that's a, uh, it's kind of my reset place. I've been back a couple times and that's, I always leave feeling so much better. Uh, thank you for asking those, or answering those questions. And, um, I think, you know, for me, it was just a few questions to help us get to know you. Cause you know, in my, in my 12-week in-person class, um, one of the first things I usually tell people is that um, before you come to class, you need to eat, drink, or fuck, or all of the above. And uh, that's just to help get you into your body because, you know, I, I feel like uh, the rooms are such a visceral experience that you completely need to be embodied when you show up to class. So how long have we actually known each other now? I feel like I've known you longer because I think I was listening to your podcast several months before I had enough whiskey to reach out to you. Um, that was, you know, that was a timid, timid Jared. Um, but I, so was that during COVID or right before? Oh God, I don't know. I feel like maybe, I feel like it was 2019. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking so too. Yeah, it does feel like it's been much longer because I feel like we know each other on more of a soul level and a path level, and that uh, it's been much longer than just 2019. Yeah, so and it's what, 2023 now? So 19, 20, 20 four years? Yeah, it seems like a lot longer though, you know, like in a good way. Hey man, I appreciate you being on Rune Walking in Modern Times. Yeah, thank you very much. And I really appreciate your commitment to the runes and your 
relationship with the runes, your all the work you put into developing the runes, and also to uh, the work and time you put into uh, being available and putting putting the runes out there so that they're available for, and the information is available for people to uh, to get a hold of. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Origin story. It was a, it was a Tuesday night in October. <laughs> yeah, so it was a cold, dark, rainy night. <laughs> All right. So, so the first time you saw the runes was when? So, so I didn't actually see them. Um, they were presented in a teen adventure mystery novel series. Um, I'm trying, I always get the title wrong Well, the, the series title wrong. And I was, I think it's, I think it's the forbidden game series. And I always end up saying the dangerous game. Uh, the same woman that wrote vampire diaries wrote this series. And it was about this, this girl and a couple of her friends that go into some tabletop game store and the devil in disguise is the, the guy selling the games and he sells them this game that they go and play and they actually end up getting sucked into it somehow. And he's chasing them because he wants to marry this girl or whatever, you know, teen romance stuff. And, um, it turns out that her grandfather was a Vipke and had all these journals about the runes and she would use them in the game to, um, like for instance, she used now these to, um, protect herself so then they weren't 100 percent accurate but if she needed a door she would use urus because it was shaped like a door and she, she could just create that and move through it so i was like what is this are these real and then i started they would uh, the author would describe them so i would create them off the description and then i started to realize that there were runes in tolkien's work and I went back to the Return of the King, and there were the his version of the Anglo-Saxon runes in there. And I'm like, well, this doesn't seem to match up, but whatever. It's it's fantasy at this point. So, and then of course the internet moved into where it was, and I was able to be like, oh, now I'm really curious. What is this? And I would look them up, and I would would learn about them, and I stumbled into a Walden Books and found Ralph Bloom's book, and you got the free runes with that. <laughs> so I. I got those and of course being the kid that didn't you know wanted to be different wanted to be weird started using them and wrote we put those paper bag uh book covers on your textbooks so i would write the name of the books and uh transliterate them in runes and pretend they were like spell books and shit and they never left you know i, I would forget about them on occasions and put them aside. And then I'd pick them back up and be like, Oh, I'll try to read these. Sure. Could never get it because you know, when you, when you draw a rune and it, it's Fehu and it just says cattle next to the description, you're like, what, what the fuck does this mean? You know, <laughs> like how, how does this get cattle and ice? Okay. What is, what does this mean to a high school kid? So I'd put them down and I realized the other day, actually, whenever I was in a place of distress, in a place of turmoil or some sort of suffering, that they came back and that I was able to work with them in some way. And I'd always be like, okay, 
I'm going to get it this time. I'm going to get it. And I never really did. And this went on until I was in my late 30s. So I, I'd work with them back and forth, back and forth, draw a picture, draw images, all this stuff. Never could really grasp it, even though they were just screaming at me. So one day, early 2019, I'm like, you know what? It's time again. Let's do this. Let's look up podcasts to see if there are things. And, you know, and I've been reading books and really trying to get, get this harnessed and, and make that dedication to this because they've been bothering me for 30 years at this point, 20 something. Um, and, uh, so I'm like, well, let's, let's, this guy's got some crazy tattoos on his face. This, this is legit, right? And then I'm, I'm listening to it and I was like, this is really interesting. This is not quite what I was expecting. What rune should I choose? And I skipped the first couple. And I went straight to now these because it's one that I've always had problems with. And all of a sudden I could hear them. And listening, and I'm like, oh shit. There it is. Got it. I wasn't understanding what they were telling me because I couldn't hear it. And all of a sudden I could. And I started listening to the other episodes. So go listen to the early episodes. <laughs> go listen to the new episodes. <laughs> oh God, the early episodes are like, like the crazy esoteric episodes. They're not the educate. They're not the structured education ones. They're the crazy ones. Well, and you know, I'm personally at that point in time, and still to this day, I'm a little prudish. And the now these episode made me super uncomfortable. And I'm so glad, yeah, I'm so glad that it did because I was not prepared to hear that side of that room. And when it presented itself to me that way through you, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, got it. I understand now. <laughs> Speaking of eating, drinking, and fucking. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So that that episode opened up so much and I reached out to you and, and started taking your class and we developed this relationship from there. And it's, it, it's been an awesome ride, you know, and I thank you so much for being able to grant me access to, uh, to really hearing them and developing that relationship that needed to be there. No, thank you. I, actually had completely forgotten uh, that I was part of your origin story. And, you know, I think it's the more we're in touch with our origin story with the runes, the better off we can help the people coming to us. Because usually when people come to us, the first thing they say is, I feel drawn to the runes. I feel something, something is pulling me in that direction. And I feel like, that happened for both of us. And I am everyone out there who's listening. They're going to think that I put you on as my first guest because you can uh, tell people I helped you. But I actually, you guys, I had to actually completely forgotten. Um, I see Jared as this, uh, as a, a colleague. I don't, I don't see him as a, a student uh, ever. So, uh, I am very grateful to to have been part of your origin story and that um, that we walk this path together. 
I what I think I love most about your origin story as it's more as it's different than mine is that it started for you from a very young age like that that those the books started you on this this path of remembering and you know for me it wasn't until my mid 30s as well i guess yeah mid 30s um but i i think i think that's really brilliant and one of those things that i think few people really think about the time put into this yeah for sure it's it yeah when i mean when it when it comes to you when you when it speaks to you like you definitely you realize it and it's what we do with it that makes the difference you know everybody at some point in time is is called in some way to something but what do we do with it I like that a lot. I'm, I'm you're that's the new intro for the show, just so you're aware. <laughs> um, I like it. Uh so let me ask you this. What what was the what has been to this point the scariest moment for you or the moment where you were like, holy fuck. And you know those those moments where it's like things just like shit just got real. You know what I mean? Like what what has been like one of those moments? Because I think those scare people off more than they reinforce the fact that you're on the right path. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's more recent than I want it to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, back. Yes. Uh, yeah. This past October. Well, so let me. I'll I'll start with understanding uh, deer and stag for me. Um, I always thought that that might've been a, a, a spirit guide of some type for me, that particular animal, because when things were starting to happen or go a different way or something big was about to happen in my life, deer would show up. I would have a lucid dream of a deer standing over my bed or um, a dream of a deer or I'd see deer or something, whatever it was when I needed to make or was getting re- prepared for something. Um, oh, preparation, initiation. Got it. Thanks. Um, that deer would show up. Fast forward <laughs> this past October, um, my wife and stepson and myself were driving back from visiting a healer for uh, a medical uh, situation that, that, that he's in. And middle of the night, we were cruising down the the highway speed limit you know 70 miles an hour doing exactly what we should only car on the road um at that moment in time anyway somebody had just passed us doing like 90 and a big buck just runs out into the middle of the highway and my wife braked and the car went out of control at that point and we overcorrected rolled into an embankment rolled this car probably four times and the three of us were lucky to walk out alive practically unscathed very lucky yeah and it was at that moment in time there was a car that stopped and 
my stepson ran up to it and they just kept driving then because apparently they didn't see him or hear him. And we're all kind of sure that we might have been dead for a few moments. And um, it's been a really interesting ride since then because the following six days later, a tree fell on my car while I was driving. A giant branch fell and hit my windshield. And shit up, people. No. And I can't make it up. My wife and I have a, a joke because she's always like, oh, it's, is that a real possum out there? Or is that a spirit possum? So I saw a buck. She saw a doe. And there's no sign of this deer at this point. It, it ran off perfectly fine. So none of us are real sure if the deer was even really there. And was that moment for me to make a conscious decision that get off your ass and do something with this and be, you know, start this process. And that's probably been the scariest moment in time because six days later it happens again. Yeah. And what do I do with that? You know what? How, and I reached out to you and we talked about it for, for yeah. probably a good two hours and just really heading to spirit and negotiating these contracts with this whole ordeal. And, you know, that led to a really crazy journey experience for myself and afterwards. And it's just been really trying to embrace it as best as I can. And that honestly has probably been some of the scariest things ever because now I'm not necessarily doing things for myself. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay, this is not an this is not a video show, but I'm going to move and allow you to see the picture behind me. Oh god damn it. <laughs> there are two giant stags. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And you can't you couldn't you can't really tell what it is because no. I'm sitting in front of them, but you're telling the story and I, I see in my camera reflection, I'm like, oh my god, there's two gigantic deer. Yeah. <laughs> right behind me you're welcome thanks yeah it's you can't a, make and, this it, up no and it's just been what's what is now coincidence versus spirits reaching out and the rune spirits connecting with me oh and i forgot the best part so on the way down we were listening to one of our favorite podcasts and they they were talking they actually weren't talking about this but i heard them say the 37th parallel so I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've looked this up. Why is the yeah. 37th parallel significant? So on, you know, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia and get road sick and can't read anymore. So I turn it off. Um, the week after all of this happened, I opened up my web browser on my phone and it said 37th parallel. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I opened the sheriff's report. We crashed on the 37th parallel. <laughs> no shit yeah wow right oh my god okay so so people um <laughs> if you're listening avoid the 37th parallel yeah um one two um i love i i i'm sorry i love your story because i love that you're still alive and i appreciate that you're still Thank alive you. but you guys are all <laughs> fine and and I and I also appreciate um, 
the fact that they don't fuck around. Like no. this, this isn't, um, this isn't kindergarten. This isn't like preschool. When you begin to, I've, in my experience, work deeply with them, you, you have to take the bull by the horns or you get the horns. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of that thing. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I'm the, glad that you are antlers. okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We are too. So, and it's, it's been life-changing for all of us, you know, just the yeah. appreciation that we have for, for the vibrance of life, the, uh, that moment of connectedness that yeah. we all needed at that time, that, you know, intertwining of the weird and, and uh, remembering that no matter what, where we are family. And that we are all there for each other because God, like that, you know, the ambulance ride itself was pretty insane. By the way, those guys go fast and those things are super, like, you don't realize how fast you're going in them. They're, they're that efficient. (laughs) And after having gone 70 miles an hour and then gotten into an accident, I wonder if that's traumatizing. However, you could die and that's even more traumatizing. Right. If they don't, yeah. driving has been um, has been a little challenging at night. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I when um I was 17, I think, and I got into a car accident because a, the woman coming at me had swerved to miss a deer, hit me head on, and like her car, like head on, and then her car slid down the side of my car. I wow. that whole that whole night. I couldn't close my eyes without seeing those lights coming right into my face. So the react like that kept being relived over and over. So I'm sure like your little tilt a whirl ride in a car was something that is still with you. Well, my, yeah, for sure. Allison's part of the, or my wife's part of the story is um, even a little different because she heard you have to move a little or the deer is going to hit Jared. Wow. So, because I guess it would have rolled up on the, or a break or whatever, whatever it was that she heard. Yeah. Kind of helped to protect all of us as well. I watched the entire thing from behind the car. Really? And then sucked myself back in, kind of glanced over at her and was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Wow. All in a matter of seconds. It was a very surreal uh surreal experience that has woken up a lot of things for all of us it's interesting i think that a lot of time i think i just kind of talked about this on one of my um tiktoks but we don't we don't take it was about sacrifice but same thing same threads we don't take it seriously when we commit to and make offerings to these deities and gods and, and the runes and things. We don't, we do it for then. And then sometimes not, this is not your case. I know this is not your case, but I think people don't get, you will be course corrected. Yeah. Should you, should you have made enough of a commitment and um, offered them enough and they offered you enough, you will be course corrected. So 
um, a lot of times on, you know, the shamanic path or the, the, the shaman shamans go through a shamanic death to be able to be rewired, but there's, you go through things, you go through ordeals, um, not to bring back up Nathies again, but there, (laughs) there is going to be friction in life and that's how you make fire. (laughs) That's how you get these, these things. So, yeah. There you have it. Part one of my interview with Jared of Rowan Wolf Runecraft. It was good. I liked it. I can't wait for you guys to hear part two, which will be next week. Tune into us next week for more of that. And if you're loving what you're hearing, please don't forget to like and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening, whether that be Spotify or Google Cast or Anchor. And know that your support is appreciated. Thanks, you guys. I hope you have a great day. And I hope that your weird is filled with health, wealth, strength, and virility.